0: Welcome to the Talking Fit Podcast, a show dedicated to helping all of you become the strongest version of yourselves in and out of the gym. We hope that today's show can help bring you one step closer to your goals with the education brought to you by our guests, crew, and community. Please don't forget to leave us a five-star review and rating wherever you find your podcasts and share the show with your friends and family. Remember that greatness comes from small beginnings. So without further ado, here we go. Welcome back to this episode of the Talking Fit Podcast. Today, I sit down with nutritional coach, Johnny Landles. Johnny is a repeat guest of the show and just one of the coolest dudes I have the privilege of talking to. We really get into it in regards to the amount of bullshit that just gets put out into the industry, and what we can do as coaches to actively do something about it, whether that is you know, with our friends, our online communities, or with our clients in general. We have the ability to make a positive impact in the way in which the ind- industry is progressing in a fundamental grassroots level, and that is so exciting. But at the same time, it's, it's depressing that we have to be in an unregulated industry in which Anyone with a large enough Instagram following can put out any kind of bullshit they want. And, you know, we really get into the weeds on this. It's a fantastic conversation. Um, And yeah, I'm just really excited to bring this to you. So check it out as always, you know, like, share, do all the do, go follow Johnny, listen to all the things that we talk about at the end where we show you where you can uh, go support him, support the show, support everything to do with this episode. And uh, yeah, let's just get into it. Three, two, one, hit it. So, man, I mean, like, let's just dive straight into it. So, I mean, you're... Repeat guest, it's great to have you back. So just like tell everyone who you are, what you do, everything about your podcast, Next Step Nutrition, everything. Go, I want, I want the Johnny uh, Landles story.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for welcoming me back on. It's uh, glad that I'm glad that you felt it was good enough to bring back on, um, or that you wanted to hear my dulcet tones, whatever the the, the case may be. Absolutely. Uh, so appreciate that. So yeah, Johnny Landles is my name. Um, I started Next Step Nutrition back in 2016, I'd say. So, been going a little over four years, um, and I created the company because uh, I myself had struggled with my like body image and my weight growing up. Um, and despite even then uh, getting quite heavily into CrossFit in my sort of early to mid twenties, I was still a little bit like larger than I would have liked but never really knew what I should be doing because there was such a, an array of information out there. You know, I tried different diets, I tried uh, different protocols, you know, clean eating, paleo, whole 30, whole life challenge, um, bodybuilder meal plan type things. I'd, I'd done it all and um, I'd had mixed levels of success but always kind of find myself back to where I was. And it was around that time in, it was like sort of end of 2014, start of 2015, I was introduced to the concept of flexible dieting. I'd, I'd heard of it previously, but never really taken on board with it. Um, but I was seeing it everywhere from a friend of mine who was now a nutrition coach. And he was like an old rugby friend of mine. Um, and I just got in touch with him and said, look, mate, you know, I've seen these results that you're getting with clients and I, I want in. Um, so he took me under his wing, gave me back then it was like here's a set of macros, just go and follow these and and off you pop type thing. Just let us know each week what you've eaten and we'll change things up. Yeah. Um, and at the time I was a CrossFit coach. I was training twice a day, um, living in London, you know, all the time in the world to kind of cook my own food and track all my macros type thing. And I just took to it like a, a duck to water, really. I just followed everything, got incredible results. Um and in the time it was like life changing for me to be able to eat things like cereal and uh, other foods that I'd consider as like unhealthy or bad and still sort of make great progress along with mainly eating, you know, from me, you know, vegetables, all of those things that we, we should base our diets around. Um, but this whole concept of like managing calorie intake in order to lose weight was, was like revealing to me. Um, so I wanted to bring that knowledge to kind of other people. And, uh, so I started next step nutrition after working with this coach for over a year and and doing loads of reading and research and, and doing sort of my own certifications in nutrition. And over time it became something I was much more passionate about than CrossFit coaching. And so I decided to continue growing it, make it my full time gig. Um, and now here we are, you know, I, I, uh, I'm in the business because I want to help people who are confused lose weight and actually keep it off because I've, I've dabbled a bit with performance. I've dabbled a bit with strength gain. I've dabbled a bit with everything else, but for me, it always comes back to the, my why is like, I was a sort of confused body image laden male and was a bit overweight and, and my dad unfortunately passed away. Uh, when I was growing up because he was overweight and had a bad lifestyle and too stressed, that kind of thing. And my why always comes back to the, this shouldn't be happening to people. You know, nutrition should be kept simple. It should be easily accessible for everyone. We should all be able to live our best life, but also live at a healthy body weight. And you can do that. Um, And that's what I want to uh, bring to the world.
0: Well, I mean, man, first things first, like I, for what it's worth, I think your dad would be incredibly proud of you for what you've achieved, but also like your story, I think, and and this is one of the main reasons why I want to talk to you because obviously we've discussed about this, this concept that we both had very similar stories about. We got into the fitness game because ultimately it was a way for us to deal with our own insecurities. And then fundamentally that then led to us wanting to help other people who were also experiencing the same insecurities that we do, because, you know, I mean, I mean, fuck I'm, I'm 30 and I still have to go through that mental rigmarole of okay you're not that fat 16 year old anymore mm-hmm. you know what I mean and yeah. I, I think it's so important for uh, clients and also just general populace who may be tuning into this because they're like hey cool this this talking fit things sounds cool that almost sounds like talking shit I too like to talk shit about fitness let's do it and they hear this. They hear this from you or they hear this from me and the fact that this might resonate with them and say, hey, look, we've been there too. Like, we're, we get it. Because I think, especially with social media, which has, like any tool, has the potential for infinite amounts of good and also infinite amounts of bad. Um, people are under this association that fitness coaches, nutritionists, whatever, we are these incredibly finely tuned machines that just sort of came into the world to like... Terminator esque, we emerged in the car park in a field of energy, and that was us. But that is Mm -hmm. entirely not the case. We are just like every single one of our clients, and we still go through the same struggles that they do on a daily basis. And you know, I think it's very important to talk to coaches that are really open and honest about that. And your your content has always been so sort of like honest and revealing about who you are as a person that you makes you like so, so relatable because Mm -hmm. you've never been that, hey. Here are my abs. Here is my Tupperware. Here is my here's my cheat meal guy. You know what I mean? Like it's always been about look. How do I move better? How do I live better? How do I train better? How do I love better? How do I give all of this back into the world better? And mm-hmm. I think that's a really really powerful message in the face of you know, buy my booty blasting program with my herba juice plus ketone raspberry bullshit supplement. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: Yeah I mean how do they how do people even keep track of like the supplements they've bought and when they're supposed to take what um with those kind of things I mean being authentic and real was something that I think for me was like even that I think was a very recent turn because when I started with nutrition I wanted to be the guy that could help people right and you so you try to put across this professional persona of yourself of like hey like you know I I, I would be lying if I didn't use my physical transformation as Clickbait to sell my services because I was like, look at where I used to be and look at where I am now. Yeah. Um, and to an extent, I can still do that because I was a big, chubby guy and I'm now not. But in a different way, like back then, it was like, right, yeah, well, you know, clearly I hold this physique all the time. Whereas now I'm like, I 100% don't. And this is my physique at the moment. And I'm happy with that because at the end of the day, there are trade offs to the, the weight you want to be and the life you want to live. But I'm still although I've got a bit more body fat on me than I have in the past, I'm not overweight. I'm not obese. I'm not in any way, shape or form, any of those things. I might not be shredded, but you don't need to be. And I think a lot of people associate that with being happy, which will will never be the case. You know, um, if someone's listening to this and they feel a little bit down or a little bit depressed, or they feel a little bit ashamed of their body image, then getting in better shape won't solve most of those problems. You might feel a little bit better about yourself. But actually, when I was um, going through this transformation, I look back at pictures now and I'm like, fuck, man, I got lean. And I remember talking to my coach and being like, I want to go further. You know, I wanted to push it lower. I wanted to get leaner. And I'm looking back at myself thinking, you know, if I was any leaner, I'd be I'd be stepping on stage. Um, and I just thought you just go think to yourself, well, there's no need to go that far. Um, and now I'm much more about, look, I I help people with, who struggle with sabotage mode or who struggle with eating too quickly or or overeating or, um, you know, having some beers with the lads and then it going too far because that's exactly what I struggle with too. You know, I still, I'm, I'm much better than I used to be, but I still have those moments where I'm just like, yeah, fuck it. It's Friday. Let's get a couple pizzas in and just, and just trash them. Um, I'm much better now at being like, actually, yeah, if we want a pizza, let's have a pizza, but let's, let's share it and let's have it slowly. Let's enjoy it and let's enjoy our life. And because I've got that dichotomy of still being the guy that has the ability to go off the rails, but has a better hold of it. That's a much more relatable place to be in. And I think that's why, you know, I've seen good engagement. I've seen, um, the right people working with me, you know, that, that I want to work with because I've been more and more myself. So if you're a fit professional listening to this, you need to communicate your journey and who you are and what you do in in a very authentic way, because then that'll bring in the right people rather than trying to portray the person you think the industry wants you to be.
0: Yeah, that is, and that is something that I'm going through. You know, it was something that I was really thinking about in terms of how I present myself pre COVID. And then during lockdown, you've got nothing but time for introspection. Mm-hmm. And now that like we're back and, you know, not back to work because we were both working the entirety through lockdown, but you know what I mean in terms of you can now get back into the gym environment. You can now actually mm-hmm. see more people. It really starts making you think like, man, like, yeah, how, fuck, how do I present myself as not just an individual, but as a brand and everything else moving forward and do those things line up because ultimately, yeah, you are Johnny Landles, but you're also next step nutrition. I am Rogan Allport, but I am also rebellion strength and I'm also sort of the voice of talking fit. So, is there cohesion between the way these things are being presented? And I think, like like you said about being transparent and honest about the things that you have, I, I think that one of the things that, for me, separates you hugely from a lot of the nutrition coaches that are out there, and I think this is just also due to like my confirmation bias, because I think you and I believe very, very similar things, is the fact that we've kind of been sold this bullshit idea that, you know, yes like following your macros, calories, all of that is super important. But it's almost like people have this idea that you're either not doing any of those things or you are doing those things. And that's all you're going to do for the rest of your life. Yeah. And there has to be a level of intuition when you move into this process, which, you know, I mean, I hate calling it intuitive eating because a big part of it for me is just making sensible decisions. Like don't mm-hmm. eat like a five-year-old with an adult bank account. Yeah. You yeah. Know what I mean,
1: yeah but i I mean people have a hate on intuitive eating, but I think that's because they don't understand it or they've they've seen a post about it that they that triggered them and the yeah. thing is is that you're going to get that in across the nutrition industry now and and that's a shame because I, I had a discussion with someone on another post about intuitive eating where it was like oh yeah, um I hate these people who do discuss intuitive eating when they don't realize that you need calories to lose weight and your body will work against you with weight loss, and so there's needs to be maintenance phases and I was like well. Intuitive eating doesn't say that calories don't count. It actually talks about relying on your body's internal signals to help you with the amount that you need. And it's about taking into account everything else you've had that day, everything else you've had that week, everything else you might have that day or week, and what your goals are and how you feel in that moment. And actually intuitive eating is more about a, uh, it's more a paradigm to fix your relationship with food than it is to lose weight. So people can follow it and lose weight potentially, but it's not about that actually intuitive eating is potentially a great way for people to fix their relationship with food and then be in a good enough place for them to embrace flexible dieting because until they do that they might still have this good bad relationship with food and this sabotage mode anytime they have a fucking Mars bar or a glass of wine which and that's what's stopping their progress it's not the individual glass of wine or the Mars bar it's the fact that as you said they're going off the rails, they're then eating like a five-year-old with an adult's bank account and they're going like, I don't care about this healthy eating because you're right, Rogan, is that too often in the fitness profession, in the fitness industry, you have the fitness model with a six-pack ab, um, six-pack ab, with six-pack abs. (laughs) With a singular (laughs) six-pack ab. (laughs) With their singular, with their six-pack meal bag, yeah, oh god, fucking, and their fucking smart shaker, and they're like, you know, I'm in this shape because I track all my macros, and my seven meals are exactly 200 grams of beef mince, 45 grams of basmati rice, three stalks of green broccoli. I have two protein shakes a day. Um, I have all of these supplements. I train for three hours a day, uh, and, and walk the gym floor for eight hours. And you've got Bob who drives a lorry who just thinks, well, I've not, I'm not going to fucking do any of that, am I? So then he thinks the opposite of the spectrum is to eat at Mackey's twice a day yeah. and, to, and, to, and to do nothing. And, there's, and it's like that. It's like you're either doing this or you're here. And what we need to do is lower the barrier of entry eating. We need to lower the barrier of entry for healthy eating and tell people, look, like you can have fucking ready meals if you want and you could manage your body weight, be perfectly healthy if you ate plenty of vegetables and you moved. And you don't need to be that guy who takes your Tupperware to a party.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's the thing. Like, the, there's a another nutrition co- nutrition coach I follow called Callum Stronach, and his one of his things. Oh, he yeah, says, no, oh, yeah, Yeah, One of the things he says over and over and over again is, "No one's going to come to your funeral because you had abs." Exactly. And it's creating that sort of understanding that what is presented on Instagram—that is their living. And I mean, the the description that you gave of the um, Instagram fit fitfluencer was absolutely, you know, spot on. The only thing you left out was the uh, the Bang Energy drinks sponsorship and that, and that yeah. was it. And, and that's the thing is that, you know, we, I, think, I think it's one of those things where from a marketing standpoint, I think the industry thrives off this weird level of dualistic controversy where it's you're all one thing or you're all another. You're in this mm. camp or you're in that camp. Because so long as there is, as long as there are going to be people arguing about nutrition and people that need help, there was always going to be a market for those who are trying to fight for their corner and trying to attract the people who are willing to believe their particular brand of information rightly or wrongly, because whether we like it or not, there are a lot of people that have, that have given Jason Fung a lot of money. Yeah. There are a lot of people that have given Phil Richards a lot of money. Like that it's, no matter which way we slice it, we have got people that need help and we've got this industry which thrives off controversy and thrives off this this dualistic idea of you're right, I'm wrong. When as with most things, there's something in the middle because there are mm-hmm. people that have done really well on keto. There are some people have done really well being vegan, but it's a case of the majority of people are going to be in the middle of that bell curve. And as you said, there's that middle path because everybody wants to, I mean, I was talking to, um, A client about this today. Do you remember, like, in 2012 there was like the Michael Phelps phenomenon where every (laughs) magazine was just talking about Michael Phelps, his training, his diet, his whatever? And a friend of mine was just like, Oh man, like, you know, I'm a tree surgeon. I do all the physical activity. I could easily get through what Michael Phelps does. I was like, Yeah, buddy, but you're not Michael Phelps. Like, I'm not saying you're not special and wicked, but like, people have this idea that they need to compare themselves to these outliers when they're just not. And that is fine because chances are like Barack Obama, very smart guy, physically middle of the bell curve. There are many bell curves going on simultaneously and your ability Mm -hmm. to look at yourself and be like, Hey, okay, I probably should hold myself to a higher account in some things, a lower account in others, and just actually focus on what is going to work for me in the context of my life, rather than trying to square peg round hole my entire Mm -hmm. existence into this sort of uh, this dualistic camp structure of, I am vegan or I am keto or fuck all you other people is what's ultimately ruining them in the long term because it's preventing them from having that. As you said earlier, that sort of like consistency model where it's a case of, yeah. Okay. You used to be the guy that would smash through a whole sort of like family share thing of dominoes, but now it's a case of, okay, cool. I can still have dominoes, but it is the one. Yeah. You have that 80% on 20% off mentality. Yeah. but that's a hundred percent of the time. Rather than trying to be a hundred percent on it in whatever your weird like uh, keto vegan whatever thing you choose to be is, and then go completely off the rails.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's that whole like you'd rather be 80-20 for a hundred percent of the time rather than be a hundred percent fifty percent of the time, right?
0: Yeah, and, and, and that was mean, much more eloquent than what I was saying. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you but that was the point. That was the point that you wanted to make. And I mean, you know, several points made there, Rogan, in terms of like you know tribalistic points of view is that as humans we are very tribal when we were in the um caveman days and a lot of our psychology is still rooted in that both in sort of in psychology of eating psychology of, of being tribal people we will band ourselves together with a group of people that we believe in and if it works for us as well and we find solace within this community and the safe haven to be with then we will fight to the death anyone who challenges us And unfortunately, nutrition and fitness becomes that tribe. Because even with fitness, Rogan, you know, like I I said, how I used to be very heavy within CrossFit and I'm I'm not anymore. I still make some jokes about how like, you know, you don't need to do high intensity training all the time. And like constantly varied fitness probably isn't going to get you the best results ever, but it will for a period of time. That's the thing. And so for the right person at the right time, with the right goals, fucking go do CrossFit. Yeah. But if you're like you know mid forties and you've done it for a few years and your joints ache and actually you just want you want good pecs and a heavy deadlift and you know to have a higher sex drive, well then actually you probably should ditch the armramps, lift some more heavy weights, do some fucking bench press, and and walk for your cardio. Do you know what I mean? But it doesn't mean that either's wrong or right. It's just where you are in your life, what your goals are, and what might work for you. There are principles that underlie food. There are principles that underlie training as long as you abide by those principles, as you said, you can be vegan, doesn't fucking matter. You can do keto, great, do keto. The thing that I have an issue with, is when these tribes become, we're right, you're wrong, fuck off. We are the oracle of, you know, ultimate health. Um, Whereas actually, we've got the data, we have the data on how people live long and prosper, and then they're in the blue zones. And the things that, that are common among the blue zones rogan have nothing to do with nutrition they are all lifestyle related factors they get plenty of sunlight they do plenty of activity they pretty much live off the land that they grow on so their processed food intake is very very low um they have very tight-knit communities that they are involved with until they die and have purpose throughout you know they don't really retire because they fucking love their life you know they live off the and farm until they're ninety odds, but until they can't actually walk anymore. And these people who are in their eighties and nineties are walking, farming, doing all of this, you know, heavy lifting. Whereas people in our eighties and nineties are saying, Yeah, well, sorry, granddad, get in a fucking wheelchair. You're not supposed to bend down and pick up a shopping bag unless you have a perfectly straight back and you've done, you know, deadlifts for the last forty years. So what we need to remember here is if you abide by a principle you will get a result but the thing is is that people are they are tribalistic and they also they just they're sheep they want to follow something they want to follow a leader and these charismatic people like jason fung um and stephen gundry who have these ridiculous viewpoints come in and they're like hey you know I've got the sexy answer to all of your problems. It's nothing to do with calories or anything super complicated. You just need to stop eating plants and stop eating fruit. And someone's like, okay, I can do that. You know, whereas if you say to someone, just manage your calorie intake, they're like, what? Say what? They're like, how do I do that? Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know, Johnny, I think it's just one of those really like strange strange things where we still feel like just because it's not something that we can sum up in a soundbite that inherently makes it complicated. Mm. You know, we seem to have this very, very strange idea, I think, as a as a community. And like you said about that chap that contacted you being like, oh yeah, I hate when people talk about intu- like intuitive eating, trying to like poo-poo it, is the fact that like we've got so far away from, as you said, these unifying factors that link all of these societal blue zones to this overall sense of health because health for them is just something they live. Mm. It's not something they actively need to sort of think about too much. And I think that speaks volumes to the fact that we as a people and as a society need to start moving towards this, um, this more holistic and integrated sense of what makes us strong, fit, healthy, and capable. Mm. How we go about doing that. I mean, as with all things, I think it is education, but I think it's a big part of it is teaching people how to interpret the sources that, that are being presented to them. I mean, and so, like, I, I joke with a friend of mine all the time who is, and you know, he's one of my clients and his, um, his daughter is currently studying philosophy. And he said, like, as a scientist, he does not get it. Like, for him, it's like A plus B equals C. Done. And philosophy gives you this context of being able to look at things from totally different perspectives. And what I said to him is that what she's learning in terms of critical thinking skills is absolutely no different to what he has learned in how to interpret scientific data and understand sort of where that comes from. And I think Mm -hmm. with a lot of people, and we're seeing this, especially with all the stats that are coming out about COVID, that people don't actively know how to critically think about the sources that are coming out. Yeah. Which then equally allows them to be bamboozled with this sort of, you know, the whole Stephen Gundry thing of, yeah, fruit is just the worst thing for the mitochondria. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like you're a goddamn doctor. How the hell does fruit impact the mitochondria? Come on. Yeah.
1: Well but that's it. They'll use they'll use enough complex terms to make it sound like they know what they're on about to then push an agenda. Yeah. And they'll use they'll use evidence that they've cherry picked to support their agenda as well it's the same as the game changers and um conspiracy and all those other things that you know that uh um, propaganda documentaries push their agenda and then cherry pick the evidence and misinterpret it in order to affirm their confirmation bias yeah so as you said the general public they are not going to spend the time needed to learn how to think critically about nutrition research because it is hard you know to look at nutrition research papers and to look at the actual data that's within it and not just the summary and not just the conclusion and look about what's actually being said and what's actually being produced and then look for other data that supports that or for meta-analyses and uh yeah so, so for people that don't know what i'm talking about bunches of research together that then compare them together and analyze what are the overall trends if people don't do that, they're just going to look at a headline and be like, oh my God, I never knew that. You know, it's the whole like, oh, well, eggs are as bad for you as smoking and for cancer. And you're like, no, they're fucking not. Oh, man. And, you know, but people hear a claim like that and they're like, Christ, you know, they, they'll go to the barbers or the um, fucking five-a-side football league and just say to their mate, hey, do you know that this is like this? And then that's how Chinese whispers start, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they'll see a newspaper article of like, hey, Adele lost this much weight because she did the CERT food diet. And it's like, hey, Adele lost this much weight because she ate fewer calories than she needed. Yeah. They read the CERT food diet and then think, well, that's clearly the key to losing weight because
0: it worked for Adele. Yeah, and we do like to uh, focus on the celebrity culture of weight loss now.
1: Always, always. Newspapers, Hello Magazine, OK Magazine, I mean, even to an extent men's health and stuff really grinds my gears sometimes because they should be, the, like they're written by journalists, aren't they? They're written by journalists who know how to write a headline, they know how to write a hook, they know how to write a story, um, and they know how to uh, write things that sell. But yeah. What they, what they don't know is fitness, funnily enough. They think that they're fitness journalists, but they're not because they're constantly comparing... The the best foods for a certain approach is, or like this person's training plan to get this body, and you're just thinking, well, for God's sake, guys, what are the underlying principles that match all these things? And I know that it's it's just to give people information and give people programs that they can follow and stuff, but when you've got fitness publications that are discussing the best diet for a certain thing, and you're just like, what are you doing? Because it
0: depends. You can't square peg yeah. round hole
1: diets can't just or say, people. Yeah, you can't just say right, well. Thor did this workout to get in shape for the Avengers so you should too (laughs) because you're like well you could be giving this person a lot more volume than they can actually recover from and they don't have the time to follow that training plan now this person's going to try and do it they're going to feel too sore to get another session in or they're not going to be able to get the sessions in because they don't have enough time
0: and then they're going to feel like a failure yeah, I mean, it's a friend of mine made this really good point the other day when he was talking. He so we'll use Thor as an example. I mean, he was talking about um, the Jason Momoa Conan the Barbarian thing that oh, yeah, yeah, years ago in Men's Health. Um, but it was that whole thing of like saying the average person should do Jason Momoa's workout is like saying that a woman should do the biggest guy in the gym's workout because hey, they're a person too, yeah, understanding the nuances of the fact that different people require different things, both in terms of where they are in their life because of lifestyle factors, age, gender, a, h- a host of things that have to be taken into account when you're trying to create a, a, a I know it's a bit of a douchey term, but I'm just going to, the all encompassing lifestyle plan in terms of how do they manage their stress, their sleep, their hydration, their workouts, their nutrition, all of that. And it's just, I mean, so from your perspective as a professional who specializes in nutrition how do we go about really actively trying to deal with this because you know one of the things we spoke about when i I contacted you after hearing the whole um stephen gundry fruit is bad i'm never gonna refer to him as a doctor again but stephen gundry (laughs) um fruit md fruit is bad and will kill you and apples are the worst thing ever next to grapes um thing came out on lewis hauser's podcast um I was absolutely shocked and appalled that uh, a platform of that size and scope could put out such bullshit information when Mm. ultimately without sounding like that sort of like uh, millennial douchebag, we have all the history and information in anything anywhere everywhere in our phones there is no excuse for us to be ignorant or to be fooled into these you know bullshit things so why does this keep happening how do we keep creating space for these individuals to start profiteering of not just misinformation but in my opinion very dangerous information
1: yeah it was a shame i mean you know, obviously thank you for sharing it with me because it gave me like four strands of content or something that, that week. But
0: You are most um, welcome. We know how the we know how the <laughs> industry loves clickbait.
1: Yeah. It's it it's one of those things where like, you know, a lot of my followers then just laughing and being like, you know, this can't be real and this this has gotta be a joke type thing. But unfortunately it's not because that's the thing, that's why I keep talking about these myths and things on a regular basis, because a lot of people just don't know. And it is a shame that it reached such a high platform. But the reason why it did is because, you know, we've got podcasts and I don't know how much reading you've done on, on like running a, a successful podcast and courses and stuff out there, but they always say, look, if you, if you want to look into a certain niche and then find out who's bringing out a book, then they're going to be a great guest because they've probably got a good audience already. And then you'll be able to talk to them about their book and reach them in that way. And that's all that, that Lewis Howes will have done. And, you know, he'll have, he'll have been told something about this, you know, super sexy new approach of how this like breaking research is all about how fruit is, shit for you and wouldn't have done any other back reading of anything and i just thought yeah okay well that will make a good podcast and it will make a great title and it will get a lot of downloads you know because that's exactly what it is it's clickbait yeah um because the information is terrible you know if you look at the actual um non-biased review of his uh, previous book the plant paradox it got a, a like a scientific rating of two out of ten in terms of how how um accurate his uh references were and how well he'd interpreted the data and what studies he'd used compared to everything else because again rogan if you if you wanted to look for a research paper to confirm something you would find it but if you wanted to do a good job of saying right well what does the totality of evidence say and what actually is what most people agree with then you would find that fruit is perfectly good for you and is used in a lot of weight loss studies and health studies for you know plenty of for many many years but people who are podcast hosts don't do that due diligence and people who are listening to the podcasts don't do their due diligence it's the same as us as fit pros and business owners is that we could probably fall quite easily for the next advert we see that promises us dramatic results in a short space of time until you start looking at the due diligence being like, right, well, okay, who's presenting the information? How many people do I know that's worked with them? How, you know, what results did they get? What's everyone else is saying that works? Um, who, who have other people worked with? What books do they trust? Cause there's books coming out all the time. But if you ask a load of people about like, what's the best um, book with working with people you've ever read, a lot of people will say, well, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. And it came out what in the forties or something stupid Um, or a little bit later. And it's like, then you've got, uh, you know, well, what's the best book for self-improvement? You've got Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly successful people. Every other book that's on those two things are basically just watered down versions of those two books because I've read them. I've read other books. And then you look back and you're like, they've just said that but in a different way. Yeah. So, but people don't do that with nutrition unfortunately, and I think to answer your first question of how do we overcome this, I think kind of like the evidence based world of nutrition is on the rise so I think more and more people are calling out bullshit and and uh, getting a good message across we're always going to com we're always going to struggle with that pseudoscience, but I mean that just means that we'll never get bored right they'll oh, yeah. they'll never be they'll never be a war not waged but that means that there'll always be work and you know there's a good and a bad thing to that obviously because ideally we want a world we live in where people aren't overweight and aren't confused but i think there'll always be that to fight against
0: unfortunately yeah i mean i i completely agree with you because at the end of the day so long as there is food there are going to be people who are fucked up with their relationship with it and that's unfortunately just the nature of things because you know at the end of the day whether we like it or not F- fat storage is a survival mechanism and as Gordon Gecko once so famously said greed is good and what is gluttony other than a form of greed quick break in the middle of the podcast just to remind you that if you have not liked shared subscribed or left us a five-star review yet please take this moment to go do so Equally, the best way you can help Johnny moving forward and helping him grow his business is to do the exact same because ultimately we're all in this game to help each other out because the more people that are actively driving this industry forward in a positive direction, battling the bullshit and putting out really good information out there, the more people we can help. So help yourselves, help us, help everyone. Go like, share, subscribe on both his podcast, our podcast and everyone else in between that you think is going to provide good information to the masses. All right, let's get back to what Johnny has to say. Mm. It's one of those, one of those really, really weird things. But I mean, I think like using the analogy that you just made about how there's always going to be a war to be waged on it. I mean, my big concern is that I don't, and maybe this is just me being overly skeptical, but I don't necessarily feel like we're winning a lot of the time. Some Mm -hmm. days I'm like, yes, this is good. Like you said, the fact that we are now self policing within the industry is, I I think is so, so good. But I think then on the, but then I have sometimes I have cynical days where I'm like, but now everyone just gets labeled as a troll. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong, I think Lane Norton is a huge force for good, but my God, that is an intolerable man. Like, I'm sure he's a lovely, lovely bloke in real life. But Mm -hmm. when he goes at people, he goes at people hard. And I think there needs to, in in some ways, almost be this, I don't know, maybe, like, come to Jesus moment where we start thinking about, like, how do we actively – how do we actively – continue this self-policing process how do we actively continue this improvement of what is out there so we can sort of start turning that tide against misinformation without it turning into just another verbal slanging match over the internet because no one ever really wins an internet argument
1: no and i mean you know like i i follow Lane norton and it's quite funny when you see it but the people that he's doing that with will just instantly get their back up and then be less likely to change their views. That's the thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. And like I, I follow Martin McDonald and did his nutrition University. I think Martin's a very clever guy, really great guy, in a lot of ways. Really great practitioner, built a, a fantastic education. He also did said said in his early days he did a lot of calling people out and it and it raised his profile. He does a lot less of it now. He still does it to a bit, but he does a lot less of it. Um so it's one of those where you do think that they do it because it's infotainment, you know, it's funny, but it's also it's also educating people. It does get into a slanging match which increases engagement because people comment back, people share it, other people get involved, you know, it's kind of like that fight in the playground, right? Where everyone everyone gets involved and has a say in it. But if we look at how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie, he says you can attract more bees with honey than with vinegar. Yeah. And he even says when you have an argument with people. Or, or if someone disagrees with you the worst thing you can do is bite back because they're instantly going to get their back up and then you're both just going to feel uh, you're both going to feel like shit and neither of you have won neither of you have changed the other's viewpoint whereas he, he gives a great example of like if you can say to someone hey okay well personally i i disagree but why don't we look at the facts and see what 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 the issue is and maybe we can come to some kind of agreement or maybe agree to disagree and at least then you've got two people who are having a very appropriate discussion in a you know with emotions low who are just saying this is why I believe what I believe and this is the evidence that I have to support my claims they'll have the probably the same thing and if they don't then they don't have the evidence to support it. And then everyone around them can see that and will probably say, Hey, that guy's dealt with that really well. I'm going to go follow him. And you'll get more and more people realizing that these people are full of shit, but you don't have to come out and be like, you're a tosser. You're a wanker. Or why are you such a, you know, terrible person? Because as you said, you know, there are a lot more to a person than their nutritional beliefs, right? People are, uh, fathers husbands wives mothers daughters sons cousins friends you know people have got a lot more behind them than just what they believe in with regards to nutrition so to just call them a terrible person you don't always know that this person who like stephen gundry for example he might just genuinely believe that fruit is bad so it's like you know he might not be doing it to shill people he might be and if he is then yeah he's a terrible person But if he genuinely believes it and he thinks that he's sharing good with the world, you've got to think, oh, crap. Well, how can I how can I help educate them or how can I at least show people around them that he's got the wrong end of the stick? And as long as well, he might not believe me, but the other people watching the conversation will at least know that I'm a reasonable human being who can hold a conversation without just calling him a bell end.
0: Yeah, I mean, I will be perfectly honest. When that post came out, like I left a comment on Lewis House's podcast because I was just so angry. Like mm. I've, I've I have maybe got involved in an internet argument a couple of times in my life, and only one of them has only been about nutrition, and the other two were definitely about Trump. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's that weird thing of I don't know. It was just it was just one of those things that just really really got my back up. Is the fact that we just have this. And, and as you said, like at the end of the day, Lewis house, like we, we can talk about how, you know, his podcast is designed to be a force for good, blah, blah, blah. It's a business. And, you know, like Andy Morgan made a really good point, uh, in, I don't know whether it was posted today or yesterday, but how he like, people need to stop going to like Joe Rogan for like fitness and nutrition advice yeah, it. And, and popular strands of media, because ultimately that is a business and a business will always be in the business of making money.
1: Yep. And it's click it's clickbait, it's what sells, yeah. it's what entices people, and uh it's the same with T V shows, you know, you've got how to lose weight well, which comes up with stupid diets for people to try and then compares the amount of weight they lose. And it's like you could not get a more ridiculous concept, but it's what sells. And um yeah, it's just I mean if you look back at the Joe Rogan archives, there is a uh, a discussion, a debate between um Gary Taubes and dr stefan guillene about carbohydrates yeah insulin, i obesity. remember this and stefan guillene was talking all research all you know very clever guy i've seen him present in person he's a very very clever man written a great book um all about the psychology of obesity and why we overeat and stuff and it explains it in great detail and you know i would say as a scientist that and obviously i'm biased because i like him and I, I agree with him but i felt as a neutral party he won that argument hands down but then you've got joe rogan there being like oh man i still don't know who to believe so you, you know you've got these hosts who can't think critically yeah as well so as you said you just we need to stop going to netflix documentaries and and i mean it's a shame because we're both running fitness podcasts right yeah <laughs> said, no, exactly. Podcasts. <laughs> For your information, but you've got to vet your podcasts. Don't go to like a business podcast or a, a large podcast with varied guests because they've not niched yeah. down their industry. They don't have a clue.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's one of those, like, it, it's that weird paradox. I think of like, we almost feel like we're the vintage artisanal podcast makers. You know what I mean? Like we're the hipsters out there trying to be like, Hey, you should definitely listen to what we're saying because it's, you know, it's not, uh, it's not corporate but ultimately we're both still trying to use podcasts as part of our business as well. And I don't know. I just think it just feels sometimes we're, we're trapped in this weird situation where everyone is fighting for a share of the market after the biggest names in the health and fitness podcast space. And Mm -hmm it almost seems like the only way to try and get recognized there is to bite back and then be a source of controversy like so like um a podcast that i love listening to mainly because i i agree with a lot of the principles behind it but also i do i do think the hosts are hilarious as uh, um, power athlete radio with john wellborn oh, right. yeah, yeah yeah and like their their whole catchline is battle the bullshit so they're just going to be sort of unapologetically them in every sense and say what their beliefs are when it comes to training and nutrition. And while I am biased with this, once again, like you said, I personally agree with the things that they say and think it ultimately comes down to the fact that they're committing to not having as large a place in the market share because they're willing to stay true to their beliefs as opposed to try and generate more controversy, generate more, um, more clickbait. For all mm. intents and purposes and you get sort of stuck in this weird thing where you're like man have we have we become the music industry in the 80s where the only way to make it is to sell out mm. you know what i mean and it's just it's a weird it's it's a weird space in time and you know i because i'm in in a um, an optimistic mood i i do think that things are getting better because i see it with the average person i meet for a coffee yeah for for consultations you know they're Mm -hmm. becoming a lot more switched on they've got a lot better ideas about food and the things they want and things they need to do and even just like even from just uh a a weird a a weird like thought i was having the other day like i remember when kate moss was the ideal female physique and now in instagram we have that complete counterculture where we've got you know we we're celebrating Women who are more athletic, are more muscular, who have curves. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that the fitness industry is doing the most tremendous job of female empowerment, but it is a damn sight better than it used to be. So Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of ways that the tide in a cultural sense is turning. But from an educational perspective, I don't know. I just think we're stuck in that weird space of, you know, how do we educate people while still not selling out, if that makes sense? Because if you're true to things that aren't, Clickbaity, they are just truths. Then, how do you then present that?
1: Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's as you said, though, Rogan, and and how we spoke about the beginning of this this podcast, like being authentic and being unapologetically you is always the best way to come across to people. And so, being true to Team Science won't get you the uh, biggest following fast, but it will it will pay off over time. Like, just look at people like James Smith. Mm. um and and martin McDonald and people who have large audiences for, yeah for doing those things and, and the fitness chef who just does infographics of like you know you think this is healthy but it, this is this has got fewer calories in it that's literally what he's just built his entire business on yeah um and so as you said these people are getting large followings they're appearing on itv and bbc and so they're getting across to it and and so we are i think we're winning it's just going to take time. So what, what we need is people like you and I and the people listening to this to not give up on that. Because the, last, the worst thing you could do is say, oh, my podcast has only got 50 downloads an episode. Like, why do I even fucking bother when Joe Rogan signed a million dollar deal with Spotify? Yeah. But actually, the best thing that you can do is keep going because there are people that listen to you. And if people listen to you, that means they're telling their friends about you. And they're listening to what you have to say. And if you can change just one person, then you've done good in the world. Of course. Because it all starts there. You know, it starts with that connection of, of you know, the, the seven degrees of separation of each other. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. You, you and I have known each other since 2011, 2012 in Wales. And now look at us seven, nine, eight years later doing podcasts together still. Yeah. You just need to keep going. And there is a way to communicate science in a better way without being a clickbait wanker. You know, you can learn how to write copy. You can learn how to influence people. You can learn how, why people buy things and why people get swayed by things and you can solve people's problems and and touch on their emotions, but not in a dickhead way and, and touch on their aspirational identity, but in a way of we have the solution and it's not a fucking juice cleanse. Yeah. It's, it's a structured program of lifting weights and, and eating in a certain way, but we will make it super simple and super easy for you. That's not a lie. If you're good at what you do, that's what you do. Yeah, exactly. And so people just need to trust in that. You know, you can write a blog that says how to lose a kilo a week. And it won't be a clickbait topic if you say the way to lose a kilo a week is to eat an 1100 calorie deficit every day, because that's, yeah, that's what it. The science says. And here's an example meal plan based on your body weight for that if you want to do it, go and do it. But just know that you shouldn't do it forever. And that when you hit your ideal weight, you'll need to maintain. But you've still written an article that's true to science and true to yourself. You've just structured the title in a way that you've made people want to read it. And that's the difference, is that a lot of people in team science, unfortunately, just don't know how to write. And they don't know how to communicate without being a boring wanker. And it used to be me. It was like, well, you know, in order to lose weight, you need to eat Fewer calories and and go on a bit of a walk and I'm like yeah of course I'm telling the truth but no one wants to fucking listen to that
0: yeah people you want know, to be engaged think... people want to be excited about what they're listening to and the knowledge is being imparted
1: exactly and they want to be able to connect with you as a human being and they want to be able to get get behind you and get on board with what you say and so there's definitely that combination of being being yourself being um being true to who you are telling the good and the bad you know showing the showing the parts of your journey and and also just learning how to write, learn how to speak, learn how to present, learn how to engage. You know, if you're, a, if you're a fitness professional listening to this and you're an introvert and you're not very good at speaking, and you're not very good at being on video and things like that, but you can write well then learn how to write. Yeah. And, double you know, down write, on your strengths, double down on writing, write really good blogs, write really engaging emails, write really good stories and then you can monetize that and you can help people that way. And then people who can't write speak you know I I don't do blogs anymore I do videos and I do podcasts but my podcasts I transcribe into blogs yeah you know so you can you can use your strength and then have a great wealth of information and then and as you said double down on your strengths because there are plenty of fitness professionals out there that actually they might just be the type of person that needs to write a program or write programs for someone else's business you know, you can be a really, really great programmer in terms of like undulating periodization and fucking triphasic approaches and peaking and all those things. But you might be terrible with people. So you might just need to write programs, but that's okay because you're still helping people and then you're part of an organization that fucking does good in the world. Do you know what I mean?
0: Exactly. And that's the thing. I think that's the most valuable thing that we have talked about today is to just understand that everyone in the industry has an opportunity to do good by doubling down on the things that they are good at because like ultimately like i've i have never heard anything good about the um programs that joe wicks has that gives out and his like challenges and whatever but you know what he has got more people moving in a shorter space of time it's like when people talk it's like when people shitted on pokemon go i was just like that has done more to, in, to <laughs> combat childhood obesity than anything Michelle Obama did. And I love Michelle Obama, but Christ, like that yeah. was a game changer. Yeah,
1: yeah, like got kids every, out walking, didn't they? It? Yeah, like every, every kid wanted to go and get their steps in.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, people people have an opportunity to help in in whatever way they can. And, you know, I mean, I understand that back when we were talking, I sounded almost pessimistic, but I think it's one of those things where it's like, no, I'm actually filled with so much hope, but it's just a case of how do we get people as an industry to start engaging, start really committing to, look, I don't need to be a fit fluencer with my bang energy sponsorship and six pack bag and Tupperware coming out the wazoo in order to do some goddamn good. Because, like you said, you impact one people, they impact five, they impact 50. It just keeps going because you have the ability, not just from like a generational standpoint, but also in like a real time practical standpoint to influence people here and now. Like one of the most rewarding things I've ever been told was the fact that my, you know, nutritional coaching and, you know, strength coaching has impacted the way that one of my clients now cooks and actually trains with their kid. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that is, that is huge because then that's setting up a family for life. Yeah, exactly. And that's just and you- so incredible.
1: And all it, all it takes is one trainer to do that for one family and that might then do them for their friends or they'll refer their friends and then you've got a team of families, you know, and as you said, if, if, you, if you can empower an adult client who then teaches their child a better relationship with food and a better relationship with exercise, now that kid won't grow up to be confused and overweight and you've solved the problem, do you know what I mean? And so it is, it is going to take time, but it, that's what we need to do. And I think with if you're listening to this as a client, then... You know, you probably know Rogan um, or you've just found it and you've listened to your episodes and you kind of know you're on the right path. And so it's kind of spreading that information, sharing the podcast, helping it grow. If you're listening to this as a fit professional, you need to stop worrying about other fit professionals stepping on your turf because I used to be really uh, scared of like other people being better than me or like other people who did the same certification getting clients over me or... Yeah. You know, people's followings being larger than mine and being like, oh, well, I, I can't share their stuff because then people will go follow them and not me. But actually your job is to share that information to your followers who might not know of them because then it just continues to share great information. And then if you comment on your fellow FitPros posts about the things that you agree with and you support them and you give, give them a boost for their day rather than saying, well, this post is fucking stupid, you shit cunt, you know, that's going to bring them down. They're going to feel like crap. They're probably going to bite back at you. You're going to feel like crap. And that all your followers are watching you just being like, why are these two f- kids having a fight on the playground? Whereas actually, if you can just realize that your, your fellow fit pro is not your enemy, they're your, they're your comrade in this war against the, the fitness bullshit, then we can all get along, play nice, and actually do better in the industry because then our followers aren't going to look at us and be like, well, why are these people disagreeing? like who's right, what's, what's going on. Yeah, They're going to see the collaborative force of these people. Like I refer people to people all the time. If, if I know a trainer who's going to be better at a certain goal than I am, I'll be like, look, you know, it sounds great what you want to do. I'd love to help you, but this person's actually going to help you better than I would. Yeah, So go and work for them.
0: And that's I think that is one of the most important things as well is the fact that we need to stop people from operating in this scarcity mindset because there's enough people to help. There's enough of the pie to go around.
1: Oh yeah, more than enough.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like when you think about how many fit, uh, fit pros there are in the UK alone, in conjunction to how many people there are in the UK, we are not short on people we can help. And with the internet being what it is, and also just sort of how, you know, I think the, the smart reactor trainers have taken to Zoom and taken to all these other tools that are available to them. You've, the world is your oyster. So long as mm-hmm. it's not like opposing time zones, you've got, you know, the ability to be in contact with so many people on a daily basis.
1: Oh, yeah. and I mean, don't get me wrong. I think, like, obviously, if you're in person, you want to target your local area. Oh, yeah, even for sure. Then, even then, you've got enough people to focus on. Like, if you're an in-person trainer listening to this, then your niche can be your local area and you can be the go-to guy for a certain goal in that local area. If you're online, then ha- having a niche, especially when you're smaller, definitely helps. Like, when you get bigger, it becomes less of an issue because you've already got a following. But yeah. you've, got to break, you've got to break through the wall and you need to get that following first. That's the thing. Um, and you need to be able to know that you need to be able to help a particular person with a certain goal and understand their problems and pain points better than anyone else. And if you can do that and establish a rapport, because that's the thing as well. A lot of people will want to work with you because of your personality. And if you're being fake online, you'll be working with people you don't like. And, you you know, you don't have to help them. You can refer them on to someone else. I've done that. I've been like, this person has a goal, but I don't really think we'll gel. And that's fine. I can refer them on to someone else and they'll still get help. So,
0: yeah, that's that's powerful stuff, man. And, you know, so at the risk of sounding like I'm shoehorning this in, because one of the big things you really harped on about was learning to communicate both with people in your own community, but also with the wider sort of scope of not just the UK, but also the world in forms of blogs, talking events, online events, Mm -hmm. podcasts. Talk to me about your podcast because I have been listening to it religiously and it is like, I thought it was good to start with and you're just getting better and better the more content you churn out and, you know, being a few hundred episodes behind you, like Mm. the, the rate at which you've just taken to it has been absolutely incredible. So, I mean, just what, what, what started it? Just tell me about the whole thing, both your sort of long form content and your short form sort of like espresso shots.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well thank you for the compliments. I really appreciate it. Um it's uh it's something where like I I don't know if you know him, but there's a like a sort of a mindset coach called Justin Sewer in America. I,
0: yeah, I know of. I don't know about his work particularly, but
1: yeah, so he has a podcast called Increase Your Impact and it's like a three to five minute daily podcast Monday to Friday that's like all about just here's like a quick like little mindset tip to pick you up today. And I was like, this is brilliant. I I really fell in love with it, especially when I was going through a bit of depression a couple of years ago. Um, It really kind of helped me compartmentalize thoughts and kind of get behind myself and think that, you know, actually I can achieve something pretty good. And I thought from a nutrition point, I was like, this could definitely be a thing, you know, like a shot of nutrition content in a really digestible, quick manner, not too long, not boring, engaged either educating or engaging in some kind of way so that's where the, the espresso thing came along and then uh, you, you know the, the flat white episode of a friday was just that idea of like yeah let's make a longer form episode with a guest let's continue to spread good information especially with the people that i kind of follow yeah so you know i don't i don't bring on people who are bringing out a nutrition book or whatever that don't fucking know what they're on about it's like i have i have guests who come on sort of three or four times and we'll talk about different things because it's about who I trust to deliver good information and good content and we'll continue to provide that. So, you know, like guests coming up will be, um, I'm going to be talking to like Gabrielle Fandaro and Shannon beer again with their new collaborative, uh, Dan about like this, they're kind of like doing this bridging the gap series of yeah. comprehensive coaching of, you know, using motivational interviewing and behavior change and which isn't new, but they've kind of like compiled it together and they're trying to educate coaches. So it's like great. Let's get them on again. They've already talked about intuitive eating and stuff in the past, but they're creating great content that's relevant in the industry. Um, and so yeah, you know, like I, I feel like the podcast is probably very. Um, it's as we've gone on with it, the guest episodes are still quite varied. There'll be a, there'll be a variation between people who have had like a dramatic transformation or have a specific topic that they are very well versed in. Um, but with the solo episodes they've become very much a uh, they have become much more about weight loss i'd say much more about mindset and and actions around weight loss because that's what a lot of most people struggle with yeah. a lot of people realize they kind of need to eat a bit better or whatever but they struggle with the accountability or the commitment or the you know the, the barrier of entry they set themselves and that's where the daily episode comes in and it's like hey you know do you actually need to be told what to eat and when? Probably not like, and here's why here's like a really short clip of why, or, um, here's some good ways to keep you accountable. You know, that's, that's where the podcast came from. And over time I've learned how to create headlines and how to kind of weave a story. And I think the more that you can do that with your content, the more people will want to listen or, or
0: read it. Yeah. Well that's the thing. People, people like cereals both in their bowl and in their media. They want to make sure that they are like moving forward through this progressive structure. And I think that's a very, very powerful thing that has definitely comes across even from the beginning. Like I know it's not something like maybe you were thinking about when you first started the podcast, but there's definitely this sort of, and maybe this is like your, your theatrical side coming through, but there's definitely that story weaving right from the get go where it's like, Hey, Mm -hmm. let me take you on this journey of information. Not necessarily this big, like Joseph Campbell hero's journey esque thing, but it's still, it's definitely got that sense of follow, just, just follow through with this and just, let's just see what happens. Just see what thoughts, you know, this brings into your mind, dear listener. And let's just see where it takes you. And it's Mm -hmm. it's powerful. It's powerful stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I, I definitely, wanted to um you know i've I've done a lot of like vocal coaching recently around speaking um as well because i wanted to be more engaging i wanted to not just be monotone um because i realized i can be and so i, I had to develop like intonation and and storytelling and you know to i had to really work on the the clarity and the resonance of my voice as well to get across yeah. a certain thing um and that's just all part of telling a story on an, in an audio medium as well, because they can't see you. You have to engage with them from the get-go.
0: Oh, yeah, so for sure. that's
1: very important.
0: And it must be quite strange, in a way, like going through that level of coaching, because obviously you, you are a thesp. Like, you've been involved in theatre for such a huge part of your life, and now it's a case of, I've known how to do this all along, but now I'm not playing a character. I'm just being yeah. me.
1: Yeah, and I mean, actually, Rogan, you know, speaking was something I struggled with back then. You know, I was, an, I was a decent enough singer. Uh, I could move okay acted was fine but like a big criticism I got from a lot of acting coaches back then was the clarity and the resonance of my voice I had quite a husky voice yeah Um, and that was actually just because of like vocal issues I'd had um, through university and stuff that I was kind of still working through and I wasn't using my voice in an appropriate way singing wise like I was using too much breath pressure and too much air which meant that my Um, getting quite sick singing technique now but (laughs) my my vocal cords were weren't closing together appropriately because they were being blown apart which is why my speaking voice and my singing voice was quite husky so over time I had to learn how to sing with appropriate breath pressure and appropriate closure and then it just becomes a point of speaking with that as well and then utilizing uh, laryngeal raises to change pitch in the right way based on the emotion or the the, the point you're trying to make and funnily enough I, I still have lessons with my same singing teacher who taught me in wales eight years ago yeah. I, I had a lesson with him this morning and so oftentimes we have a lesson like once every three or four weeks Sometimes i just say, Tim, you know, like, I don't want to work on singing today. I'll work on speaking because funnily enough, it's you're using your voice, right? And yeah. so he was the one who helped me with, right, well, how can we intonate and maintain uh, closure and clarity and resonance without, uh, without sounding like a monotone, boring prick?
0: I think it's so powerful, the fact that you recognize that that is something that you personally needed to work on and you just went out and did it. Because I think so many people have that weird sort of sense of imposter syndrome That they never go out and actually analyze. Right, what do I need to do? What do I need to get better, and then become the solution to their own problem?
1: Yeah, and I mean the thing is, is that if you're listening to this as a as someone trying to get fitter, then just know that like if you have a growth mindset around something, then you can achieve anything. You know, if you're sitting there right now and you feel a little bit underwhelmed with where you are within your health or fitness, like those things can change quite quickly if you sit down and get to work, and it doesn't need to be overly complicated you just need to make a, a one step today one step tomorrow um and that's how you know probably you and I work with habits with clients and like you know just do this this week and next week we'll focus on adding a bit more that's yeah. where having a coach can help you know I needed to work on my speaking and my singing so I hired a vocal coach to help me with my speaking and singing I didn't sit there and think I oh, will one day I might read up on how to speak or like watch a video on it or whatever i was like yeah. right who's the guy that i need to go to to learn how to do this task and it's exactly what i've done with uh, writing copy writing titles weaving stories you know i've i've read books i've i've attended webinars i've watched youtube videos i've watched ted talks i've paid for courses and attended trainings and and had mentors you know none of you don't just learn shit
0: without going out and trying to find it. Yeah, and that's it. You've got to be a seeker of knowledge. Yeah, always. Because there's always someone that knows something that is going to benefit you, maybe not in necessarily a financial way, but definitely in terms of personal development, which then is going to make you better in your business, which is then going to make you better in every aspect of your life and thus more financially viable. Because, you know, like Bruce Lee said it best, the knowledge for knowledge's sake is still powerful.
1: Absolutely. And that's the thing, Rogan, is that a lot of people, I think, um, have a very fixed mindset with not just food and fitness but with their life in general they're like oh well you know I'm in my mid-30s now I've got two kids I've got this job it's too late for me to do x y and z or I don't need to get any better at this or whatever and or personal development is a bit woo woo and a bit bit hippie type thing but now more than ever we're in the information age you know you said it yourself that the trainers went to zoom classes and online training but Online courses now, digital courses is not a new thing. If you wanted to pick up some skills, you could literally type it into Google and find out uh, free lead magnets from people who offer the skill that you're looking to develop. And then what you do is you you download all of those lead magnets and you find the one from the person who resonates with you the most and that actually delivers you the most value in terms of actually helping you. And then you can look at what they offer from a paid perspective it you know there has to be some work there you have to put skin in the game you've got to hold yourself accountable and the way to hold yourself accountable is either to get a coach or to to make a very specific clear commitment that you make to yourself and that you write down tell other people about put it on social media all of those things if you want to lose weight well then get on the scale track the number, take a picture of it, put it on your Instagram account and say, hey guys, I'm doing this. Because then you will feel like a dick if you don't do it.
0: Extreme ownership, man. You've got to put some skin in the game. Exactly. It's so true. Man, so like we're closing in on going past an hour now. So like, I think this is a really, really good point to stand off, uh, to stand down just because, Fuck, I mean, putting skin in the game, man, what what better note to end on? Yeah, so, man, I I've enjoyed it. Yeah, man. It's been awesome talking to you and just catching up and just sort of like hearing your thoughts on everything that we've discussed. So, I mean, like let the people know where can they find you, all the things you got going on, just like the Johnny Landors package, go.
1: Right. So you were very kind already to talk about the podcast. So the podcast is called Next Step Espresso. Uh, find that on, on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts on. Um, the website is nextstep-nutrition.com um so go there if you prefer reading it because the podcast is transcribed into a daily blog you can find information about coaching services there i've got an online weight loss course um which is a very decent course in terms of step-by-step behavior and habit change that you can work through at your own speed um and there's details about coaching services and stuff there too if anyone if anyone did want to go down that road um if you care about my life personally you can follow me at Johnny Landles um j-o-n-n-y-l-a-n-d-e-l-s or if you care about the business more then go and follow next step nutrition limited
0: which i thoroughly encourage all of the above because you are an absolute force in the industry and i cannot wait to see what like is going to be next for you (laughs)
1: you
0: know what i mean i think it's just it's just so exciting
1: thanks man i appreciate it
0: no it's my absolute pleasure buddy thank you so much for coming on and we will definitely have to catch up very very soon yeah definitely all right man i'll catch you later thank you very much for everything cheers mate right bye so what a fantastic conversation with johnny this is just he is just one of the smartest dudes to chat to in this space and honestly i'm really excited to see the direction which his business and podcast continue to grow so what i'd like you guys to do as i said earlier the best way that you can help everyone in this industry is by finding people that are giving out good pieces of information and actively promote and share them help us all in the the battle against the bullshit that is out there help our communities grow help the flow of better information and the expectation for better information grow through your actions so like sh- like, share subscribe leave five star reviews get in contact with johnny or myself or any member of the talking fit podcast through all of the links in the description box or comment section below depending on where you are digesting this podcast and wherever you're listening, it, uh, listening to it please do just yeah, man, just share because ultimately we can keep putting out all the the best information in the world. But if you guys aren't resonating with it and you're not sharing it and you're not promoting it, then it's all for nothing. You guys have the power. You have the control. If you want better from the fitness industry, demand better, expect better. And for those of us that are trying to be better, help by liking, sharing, all that jazz. Anyway, I'll catch you guys next week on the next episode of the Talking Fit Podcast.